G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. God wants us to come to Him. He longs to have a personal relationship with us. And coming up today here on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points to evidence in Scripture. God says, come. Did you know that come is one of God's favorite words? Revelation 22, verse 17. And the Spirit and the Bride say, come. And he who hears says, come. Let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Come. This is the day when the lost are found. joined us for a new beginning today with Pastor Greg Laurie. For the last couple of months, our study tour through the book of Revelation has brought us John's eye-opening vision of what God wants us to know about the end times. John followed the Lord's instructions carefully in telling what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later. And we get to the bottom line today. We see it all culminates in a personal invitation to come to God. It's a message called, The Best Is Yet To Come. This is my final message in our series in the book of Revelation. And the title of my message is, The Best is Yet to Come. Here are the closing words of the Apostle John in Revelation 22. Look at verse 6. And he said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Verse 8. Now I, John, saw and heard these things, and when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed me these things, and he said, See that you do not do that. I'm your fellow servant, and of your brothers, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. And then he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He was unjust, let him be unjust still. He was filthy, let him be filthy still. He who was righteous, let him be righteous still. He was holy, let him be holy still. Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to his work. As I've already told you, the Bible promises rewards, crowns acknowledgement for your faithful service to the Lord. The Bible says, don't be weary in well-doing for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And we hear that verse, don't be deceived. God is not mocked whatsoever a man sows. That will he also reap. If he sows to the flesh, he'll reap corruption. So when we hear you reap what you sow, we always think of it in a negative way. And there is a negative 
a way that can play out in your life. But then the verse goes on to say, but if you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap life everlasting. So just as surely as the person who has sown to sin will reap the consequences of it, the person who has sown to righteousness will reap the blessings of it. Jesus says, my reward is with me and I'll give to everyone according to his work. So my question is, are you working for the Lord? Not working for your salvation. Salvation's a gift from heaven to you. But because I'm saved, I should want to do something for the Lord. Not working for salvation, but rather working from salvation. A faith that works will produce works. A faith that doesn't, won't. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Listen to this. The decisions and the lifestyle I choose in this life will impact me in the life to come. Look at verse 11. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. Let's understand what John is saying. He is not saying that you should live an ungodly life. He's simply saying if you live this way in an ungodly way, you'll face the consequences of it. Really, it's a warning. So now Jesus gives us a stern warning here in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 18. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the book of this prophecy, God will take away from the book of life and from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Wow. Loose paraphrase. Don't mess around with the book of Revelation. Uh, this would speak of those who would disobey or disregard or distort or dilute Scripture. I mean, who are we to edit the Bible? Someone might say, well, what if you don't agree with what the Bible says on this topic? Well, the simple answer is change your opinion because the Bible is right. Our objective is not to conform Scripture to culture. It's to conform culture to Scripture, you see? Now we come to the finale. Revelation twenty-two twenty. He who testifies to these things says, surely I'm coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. We sing, even so, come. Lord Jesus, come. Jesus is giving his last recorded words in the Bible. Last words are important. If you knew you were going to die, you had to write down a final statement, what would your last words be? They reveal what's important to you. They give a glimpse into your character. Some parting comments that are recorded through history are surprising. Others are thoughtful. Some are just odd. <laughs> For instance, Karl Marx, one of the founders of communism, uh, was on his deathbed. And his housekeeper came and said to him, tell me your last words and I'll write them down. Marx replied, get out of here. Last words are for fools who haven't said enough, end quote. In contrast to Karl Marx, there's Groucho Marx. His last words were, 
die, my dear? Why, that's the last thing I'll do. And then he died. Nostradamus, who's known for predicting the future, not very accurately, I might add, but in one instance, he was right. Nostradamus gave his last words, which were, tomorrow I will no longer be here. And that ended up being true. Pablo Picasso, the great painter, gave his last words. He said, drink to me, drink to my health, because you know I can't drink anymore. The Roman Emperor Julian, having attempted to reverse the official endorsement of Christianity by the Roman Empire, gave his last words when he said, you have won, O Galilean. Now the words of people of faith are far different than the ones I just mentioned. When Stephen was being stoned and his life was draining from him, his final words were, I see the heavens open and I see Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And then he said, Lord, don't lay this sin to their charge, reflecting our Lord's words when he hung on the cross of Calvary and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The last words of evangelist D.L. Moody were, quote, I see earth receding and heaven is opening. God is calling me. John Wesley said, the best of all is that God is with us. Pancho Villa, the revolutionary, said, don't let it end like this. Tell them I said something. Well, Jesus did say something. He says in verse 20, surely I am coming quickly. John is so overwhelmed he offers this beautiful prayer. Even so, come Lord Jesus. In fact, the word amen means so be it. So John is saying, yes, so be it. Or as St. Paul reminded us, let it be. That's St. Paul McCartney, that joke. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. He's the lead speaker of the Harvest Events Worldwide and also the senior pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. And today is the final installment in his series in Revelation. So let's continue with a focus on the Book of Promises. It's part three of this message, The Best is Yet to Come. So the Bible closes with an invitation, Revelation 22, verse 17, and the Spirit and the bride say, come. And he who hears says, come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Did you know that come is one of God's favorite words? In the face of judgment on the earth, God commanded Noah to build an ark. And when it was built, the Lord said, come, come into the ark of safety, come. Moses was standing in the midst of the people who had given their worship to the golden calf. And he said, let him who is on the Lord's side come and stand by me. God says, come and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be as white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, they'll be as white as wool. Isaiah 55, the Lord says, hey, everyone that thirsts, let him come to the waters. Jesus to an inquiring man said, come and see. Jesus again said, come unto me all you that are laboring and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Come. In fact, there are two words in the Bible that show us what our focus as Christians ought to be. The first word is come and the second word is go. First we come to the Lord, then we go out and tell others. Now this beautiful promise of having your spiritual thirst quenched. In verse 17 of Revelation 22, whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. 
the closing verses of the Bible make it perfectly clear that salvation is a matter of the will. Whoever will, let him come. It's an offer, it's an invitation. Whoever will, let him come. It's a matter of the will. Or maybe I should say, it's also a matter of the won't. You either will or you won't accept God's offer of forgiveness. And then when you accept that offer of forgiveness, you find the satisfaction you're looking for. Because there's nothing this world offers that will satisfy that deep thirst in your soul. I mentioned earlier that Abraham was looking for a city made by God and in the same way we're all wired that way. We're longing for a place we've never been to before. We're effectively homesick for heaven. Nothing this world offers will satisfy that homesickness or that spiritual thirst. We're all striving and hungry and thirsty for truth, for a life that is worth living. And Jesus can give you that life. And you can have the hope of heaven. So let me ask you in closing, are you sure you will go to heaven when you die? Is there any more important question than that? I don't think so. Heard about a man who died and went to heaven and uh, Peter met him at the pearly gates and said, okay buddy, this is how it works. You need a thousand points to get into heaven. Tell me all the good things you've done and I'll give you points for each item. The guy thought about it for a moment. He says, I've been married to this same wonderful woman for 50 years. I've kept my vows to her. I haven't even had a, an impure thought. Peter says, that's good. I'll give you three points. Oh, wait, three points. How many do I need again? You need a 1,000 points. I'll give you three points for being faithful to your wife. Oh, wow. Okay, the guy says, I attended church, and I supported it with my prayer and with my tithes. Peter said, good. That's worth one point. One point. Well, wait, the man says, I started a soup kitchen and worked in a shelter for homeless people. Peter said, well, that's good for two more points. Finally, the guy, completely exasperated, said, man, the only way I'm gonna get into heaven is by the grace of God. Peter said, you've got it. That's worth a thousand points. <laughs> Does he get it? It's not something you do. By the way, that's a fictitious story. I'm sure you know that. But it's a story to make a point. You don't get to heaven by what you've done. You get to heaven on the basis of what Christ has done for you on the cross. That's the only way into heaven. Coming back to that statement of Jesus when he said, I go to prepare a place for you. Thomas said, we don't know where this is or where you're going. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. Why is Jesus the only way to the Father? Because Jesus was the Son of God. There has never been a man that walked this planet who was like Jesus, fully God and fully man. And when he died on the cross with one hand he took hold of sinful humanity, with the other hand he took hold of a holy God and nails were driven through those hands and he died in our place. The Bible says Christ died for our sin. It was not really nails that held him to the cross 2,000 years ago. It was love for you. Did you know that God loves you? Did you know that God has a plan for you? Did you know that God wants you to join him in heaven one day? And if you want to join him, you must accept his offer. You must respond to the invitation. Let's say I sent you a text and I said, meet me for lunch at 12 at In-N-Out Burger. Now, if you respond, then great, we're gonna go get lunch. 
if you don't respond, I'm going to assume you either didn't get the message or you don't want to meet me for lunch. And then if I get the dot, 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 you know what I'm talking about, dot, dot, dot. Oh, you're responding, then I get nothing. I'm thinking, what happened? You were going to say yes, and then you decided not to say yes. Maybe a better offer came up, whatever. If you don't accept my offer, you're in effect rejecting my offer. God offers you forgiveness of all of your sins. He offers you a fresh start. I mentioned earlier, you could be a woman who's had an abortion. You could be a man that has sinned in so many ways and you wonder, would God ever forgive me for what I've done? The answer is yes, because Christ died for those sins, but you must be willing to turn from them and ask him to come into your life to be your savior and your Lord. And if you do this on the authority of this book that is completely trustworthy, you, my friend, will go to heaven. Years ago, I was wrapping up a message in one of our evangelistic crusades. And I said these words, friend, you may never have another opportunity like this to come to Jesus Christ. There was a guy sitting in the audience whose last name was, you guessed it, friend. When I said that, he was like, he's talking to me. And he went forward and gave his life to the Lord. (laughs) So friend, God is offering you forgiveness. Now it's up to you if you want to accept it or reject it. Listen, eternity hangs in the balance. Your choice is heaven or hell. Forgiveness or judgment. Make the right choice and believe in Jesus. Right now I would like to close in prayer. And I would like to extend an invitation to anyone wherever you are. If you're not sure that you are going to heaven. If you are living with the guilt of your sin, if you would like to have a fresh start in life, pray this prayer that I'm about to lead you in. This is a prayer where you will be asking Jesus Christ to come into your life. Again, as I pray this prayer, pray this prayer wherever you are after me. You could pray it out loud if you like. But pray this with me if you want God to forgive you and if you want to go to heaven. Pray this with me, Lord Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you are the Savior who died on the cross and rose again from the dead. Jesus, come into my life now. I choose to follow you. Be my Savior and Lord. Be my God and friend. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. important moment for all those praying that prayer. Now perhaps you are one who just prayed for Jesus to be your saviour. If you did, first of all, we want to be the first to welcome you into the family of God. And we want to help you to get started in your new relationship with him. We'd love to send you a great resource collection for free to help you to get started in the right direction in your walk of faith. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would also love to pray with you. Call 1-800-772-936. Well, next time, a timely set of studies from Pastor Greg as he launches a new series called God's Answer to Fear, Anxiety and Worry. Join us again next time, right here on A New Beginning.
Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called The Best is Yet to Come. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1800 or go to visionstore.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.